0: We're exploring digital health, the digital transformation of healthcare with a senior leader of the World Health Organization. Bernardo Mariano is Chief Information Officer and Director of Digital Health and Innovation at WHO.
1: The World Health Organization, which I will refer to WHO, uh, is a 194-member state organization with over 150 offices around the world. And our main strategic uh, targets for the next four years, until 2023, is centered around what we call it the triple billion target. To make sure that by 2023, one billion more people enjoy better health, health coverage and health services, one billion more people enjoy better health emergencies, and one billion more people have a better health and well-being. What is your role? My role as a Chief Information Officer and Director for Digital Health and Innovation is to ensure that the quality of healthcare deliverable, the quality of health services, the expansion and accessibility of health services is enhanced in the achievements of our sustainable development goals by 2030, are accelerated with the digital transformation.
0: How does digital health achieve these goals or support the achievement of
1: these goals? Digital healthcare sector is quite behind compared to other sectors that have gone already to digital transformation. And we have some that have, that have, have, have gone smoothly, but also we have some that have gone uh, through that transformation uh, with some unintended consequences. So as a normative agency, and uh, and, the, and, the, and the scientific organization, we want to make sure that uh, the global issues such as interoperability, the health data regulation, uh, how AI is used to, to, uh, for diagnosis, how we ensure that uh, as as the world goes and it uh, transforms uh, the, into the digital ecosystem, all the gains that we achieved, on elimination of diseases, all the gains that we want to achieve to eliminate the existing diseases, we do it uh, better, we achieve it quicker, and we really meet our targets, both at the triple billion target, but also the SDG targets.
0: One of the key issues is this notion of partnership and ecosystem, and when we talk about the digital transformation of healthcare, there are now many parties that are involved, and I know that this is something that you've given quite a bit of thought to.
1: Partnership is key because the ecosystem, which is composed by companies, people, government, things that are connected through a platform to share an outcome, if if these different parts of ecosystem, be it infrastructure, be it regulation, be it the, the people, if they are not connected and they are not uh, delivering the best in that particular area of the ecosystem they are responsible for, then we will have uh, not so good outcome. We might have actually unintended consequences. And I could give you an example of uh, an ecosystem that a uh, Somehow was created to bring benefit, but uh, had a negative and intended consequences. For instance, the reappearance of of measles in countries that uh, measles was already eliminated through uh, and 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 the anti-vaccine movement used platforms such as Facebook, Google, and Amazon, the tech giants, to really campaign against vaccine, which resulted in reappearance of measles in countries that had eliminated. So, an intended consequence of the ecosystem, if the ecosystems, uh, different entities of the ecosystem do not work together, then we will have uh, problems. And therefore, in my view, I think if we don't look at the digital health through a whole ecosystem and then and the partnership of the players of that ecosystem is not addressed correctly, we will not achieve the gains of or the promises that the, the gains such as AI or blockchain or, or precision medicine, or even genomics can bring. So we really need a, a, the best partnership in, in, in to look at the, all angles of the ecosystem.
0: Bernardo, you've just raised two distinct issues. Number one is technology. you You mentioned AI, machine learning, blockchain. At the same time, you've just been describing, could we say what are really social dimensions, these dimensions of use of social media, sharing information, and the use of these ecosystem platform companies who are not healthcare providers, but they are playing this crucial role?
1: We see this, um, the two sectors, the tech giant or the technology sector and the, the life science and pharmaceuticals coming together. And those two sectors have different uh, cultures. Uh, the tech giants, the technology, is a culture of of fast pace, minimum viable product delivered, and the life science and pharmaceuticals have highly regulated because they don't no, do no harm, ensure tests and tests and trials, and 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 but by having these two industries coming together, it's important that. Uh, the quality of health care delivered is not affected. It's important that the positive health outcome is enhanced. It's important that the cost of, of, of healthcare is reduced because the global problems right now that we have includes half of the world population that has no access to healthcare, includes 100 million people per year that go out of pocket because of health expenses. So we want digital health and the transformation of digital health to ensure that the global issues that we are, we are facing today, the, the, the challenges that we have is addressed by, by the support of the technology. And therefore, the organizations such as WHO, we are there to really strive to make sure that the, we find that equilibrium between tradition and technology, digital transformation to achieve the, the positive health outcome to really get the best out of technology, to really deliver the best value for healthcare. And health is important for all of us.
0: How do we accomplish this goal and align the interests? Because when you have any type of ecosystem, such as you're describing, there must be some, some harmony among, among those ecosystem partners and the incentives. Because as you said, the medical professionals have the goal of health and, and wellness, whereas platform companies have the goal of profit-making. This seems like a tough, a tough bridge to overcome, or, or am I not correct in that?
1: It is. Today, I donate blood. People donate organs. As we go in the life science and healthcare sector, contribution to the global health it's, it's enshrined in the culture of, 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 of health sector. We have the tech giants that monetize on data, the Googles, the Amazons, and, and, and the Facebooks, and, and the others. So how can we strike the right balance to ensure that as data is seen as the new blood and is monetized by some uh, while the, the academia needs research data to really bring about evidence about of 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 some of the gains that uh, that uh, that that we need to make in some of the rare diseases, so a right balance is important. And when I go into a, a conference where most government officials are there, and I say data should be demonetized, and everybody everybody raises their hand, say yes. If I go to the private sector meeting, I say data should be demonetized, and they look at me as where where am I coming from? So we need to strike the balance between demonetization of data for research and monetization of data, but to ensure that we have equitable share of the, the that monetization. And currently, platform owners own and basically they take the biggest share. Now. To do that, we need to bring some sort of international standards on data regulations to ensure that as we monetize the health data, we ensure that it also helps reduce uh, uh, health, health health costs or health insurance costs of the people that will donate or will give data to that is monetized. But we should not shy away and leave the principle of Free data or free data flows for research to achieve uh, the the health gains is important. So we should not shy away from that. So, so the two we need to strike the right balance. It's not an easy balance, but to do that, the partnership between these three the, the sectors is important.
0: What's the role of who the World Health Organization in helping bring these multiple parties together to strike this balance and align the? Incentives so that the the ultimate benefactor are positive health outcomes.
1: We have a convening power to bring different stakeholders with different interests in the table to ch- try to achieve that that balance. With, no matter how difficult the balance it is to achieve, but to achieve the balance to ensure that the interests of the of the different stakeholders is taken in consideration as we develop tools, systems, solutions. That improve health, improve health coverage, improve healthcare services, and the power, the convening power of WHO is something that we believe all sectors should leverage, and we are yes, we are very much aware of. And our member states actually ask us to to ensure that some of the key issues, such as interoperability, such as a minimum uh, uh, health. Uh, or minimum uh, health records or minimum patient health records uh, or or other issues around genomics and the ethical issues. So those are some very difficult issues that if we just leave them unattended, the unintended consequences on health will make us move backward in terms of the diseases that uh, we already tackled.
0: We do have a question from Twitter And Arsalan Khan is asking, he says that digital transformation requires process optimization first, and then technology implementation second. And so how does WHO look at these two things, the the processes and then the implementation of technology?
1: In addition to process and technology, we have people. The tech giants are currently uh, uh, reaching the consumer base, basically reaching the people. And the processes that the technology, the companies use is 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 basically minimum viable product and adoption by user. On the other hand, if we, the World Health Organization does not operate in that space and we continue to say, look, we will just provide our guidelines mm-hmm. and the recommendations and norms and standards for policymakers, we will miss a large set of, uh, of of population. So, in the end, between technology and processes, we have a person at the end of the line. We have somebody who is worried about their health and well-being. We have somebody that is is, is has health issues. So, we want to make sure that a uh, process, technology, and people strike the right balance to achieve the well-being or to achieve a better diagnosis, to achieve that better outcome, health outcome, and to make sure that uh, we also don't contribute to the digital divide because, after all, 49% of the world is still not uh, connected to the broadband. So we do have also the responsibility to ensure that uh, the gains of technology processes and people does not just benefit 51% of the world population, it should benefit 100% of the world population. So, In that ecosystem of digital health between process technologies and people, we also have to think about the other side of the world that is still not connected.
0: We have another question from Twitter, a very interesting question, and Kanupriya Agarwal asks, what is the role of academia, do you see, in moving forward with the intersection of public private partnerships especially when real world evidence is needed is
1: required the role of academia uh, is, which is very key i mean the partnership model that is required for digital health should involve private sector academia and and public sector and uh, these three sectors normally uh, don't uh, don't operate in the same ecosystem. Uh, we, I mean, I have to say at WHO, in the UN, we always say private sector have a conflict of interest in the public sector. They may, I mean, I'm sure the, the private sector say UN moves, doesn't move at the pace that they move. And and and, and academia is, is an interesting um, uh, player to really glue these two sectors, but also to bring this... Um, to pilot some of the concepts, to accelerate some innovation, to o- also operate in the, in this space where evidence is not there. I mean, if you ask for evidence of AI uh, for health today, we don't have scientific evidence to say AI will change the way we, and will improve, will imp- largely impact um, uh, the healthcare ecosystem. But uh, we also have to make sure that we navigate with across this hype that uh, the, that, uh, that, uh, that AI for instance has the, old, the word itself artificial intelligence is a hype. So academia uh, with a, with the scientific knowledge and, and research has a very very important role to to strike the balance of between the public sector um, reservation, in relation to the interest of the the private sector and the private sector reservation in relation to the public sector uh, 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 slowing down innovation to really bring the right balance to achieve those positive health outcomes.
0: And what about the role of government in terms of supporting healthcare innovation as well as the availability of, the broader availability of healthcare?
1: On the innovation space, I mean, there are three areas, at at least in World World Health Organization, we are operating. One is, of course, the innovation internally. But the the two areas that are very important, and one of them is more important than the other, is one is the incubation, right? The private sector and then a number of uh, multinational and and international intergovernmental organizations plus plus NGOs are operating uh, incubation spaces for innovation. Uh, From our perspective, we want to make sure that If an innovation happens in Timbuktu in Mali, uh, that innovation can actually see, uh, have the opportunity to scale up. And scaling up innovation for impact, special health impact, that's where we want and we should put a lot of emphasis, at least from the global perspective, to ensure that if there's an innovation that will address tuberculosis or resistance to antimicrobial resistance, I mean, we have uh, lots of examples on HIV-AIDS, and we need to join partnerships with, with both private sector academia and public sector governments, and, uh, as well as UN agencies, to drive that scaling up of that innovation, to make sure that the impact of that innovation w- w- that can save lives is accelerated.
0: The role of who in this, as you said earlier, as, uh, has is in the ability, having the ability to convene Multiple groups who would not otherwise be so willing to come together.
1: Exactly, and then and then ensure that uh, that, uh, for instance, governments and private sector and academia, as uh, as those innovations take place or are tested or or go into trial and and, and prototypes, we we the issues that we need to address. They are addressed at early stage. We don't have an afterthought that oh, we we this product or this innovation was supposed to improve health uh, or or improve diagnosis or improve uh, management of aging, and then in the end actually is, is is harming people. So so we know we want to strike the right balance so we can bring regulators, government agencies, private sector, academia to really look at the, at the different angles. Um, and bring the best out of each of these entities to ensure that the end product is one that delivers the good and the positive health outcome.
0: Let's come back to this topic of data, which is so complex because on the one hand, you have data as the source for machine learning and various uh, te- techniques to uncover in patterns that can teach us, Uh, a variety of different things that will help improve health outcomes. And at the same time, we have these various ethical considerations, such as the ownership of that data. And so how do we start to navigate this data confusion?
1: That's where the role of the World Health Organization is key, to ensure that uh, uh, we bring about some sort of international regulation on health data. The European Union has the GDPR for the, that protects privacy and each country have their own national privacy laws uh, uh, to protect uh, the citizens' data. And more countries are actually uh, bringing laws that uh, forbid the cloud providers to, to take, for instance, data to the cloud because uh, uh, there are a number of examples of countries that uh, health or national data uh, by regulation should not leave national borders. So, as that, as as these different interests and different perspectives come into play, and with the the power of machine learning and artificial intelligence to really lean on on big data to address some of the key critical uh, uh, diagnosis or, or treatment of diseases, we want to strike that balance to ensure that uh, privacy ethical ethical consideration is is addressed to to. Allow data sharing or or sharing of of or, or, global, or data for global good to deliver those health uh, positive health outcomes to deliver these gains the acceleration to address diseases that are that otherwise uh, we we have challenges to address because uh, or are in remote areas or to really bring primary health care or take primary health care to a next level because of the digitalization. So the health Data regulation is key, and this is enshrined in our global strategy that is going to approval to our member states in May, that that we want to ensure that as we go uh, and uh, get the approval from our 194 member states on this global digital health strategy, one of the deliverables of that strategy is the international health data regulation to exactly address the issues we just talked about.
0: We have a, another question from Twitter, and again, this is from Kanupriya Agarwal, and it relates to trust. How do you see uh, the public's role of trust in these digital health technologies evolving over time? Because trust seems to be a key, a key part of this.
1: Without that, uh, the potential of a digital health uh, or to, we will not unleash the full potential. We, some some gains can be made, but the full potential will not be unleashed. And the, and the trust uh, uh, comes uh, with not by not by incidents such as uh, uh, data leakages or, or, or others that we see happening. So people centric approach uh, and involvement of of, of people at, at at the early stage or at the, at at every stage. And, and and creating the capacity for day of dynamic consent, for instance, which I think the European Union is 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 leading on that. Meaning that today I want to share my data for research, and tomorrow I don't want to share my data. So I should have the capacity to say to to have the dynamic consent. Today the consent is done in a way that. Uh, that I give a consent and the consent is given for almost well, for life, kind of in some in some in some aspects. But I think we need to move now from 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 a consent a blank consent to a dynamic consent, and that requires technology and processes to be aligned. That requires one of the consequences of such a technology and, and process be aligned to a dynamic consent will start to bring about the trust because if I I can trust that the, my data is safe. And I have the power to, to, to give consent and not or to, re, to revoke it. I think that's where, where, we, where the, 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 the ecosystem needs to, to move towards to ensure that, uh, that uh, the similarly today when I decided that I want to go and donate blood because I feel that this, I'm, I'm, it is part of a, my, my gesture as a global uh, uh, citizen out of this world to donate blood to a blood bank. And tomorrow, I don't, I don't, I don't want to that to do that. So I have the power to to decide whether I want to do it or not. And to and that dynamic constant is important. And the the platform providers, the technology, and the processes around it have to be enforced and to ensure that uh, that happens. So that's the only way to start building the trust in the system. And the trust is key.
0: What I find fascinating about this, if we think historically. Healthcare advancement was about basic research, research into vaccines, antibiotics, scientific research in the the lab. And today, so much of healthcare research relies on data, and therefore, the set of issues around data privacy, security, consent, as you were just describing, is, is an almost equal partner as research... In the lab, so is is my point of view a naive point of view that that consent is almost an equal footing here?
1: You are right. All the trials and the consent for for trials in the lab, uh, because the technology, digital technology, is not just about supporting healthcare provider, but all healthcare practitioners. It's also supporting, accelerating the research. I mean, it's, it change, it, 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 change, it will change the way. Companies, especially on life science, do clinical trials and 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 and, and then and 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 then assess the, the impact of those clinical trials and 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 the report on them. And then and, and then as we think about the AI, how can we ensure that the AI that uh, that uh, use data from one country and is is sold in a different country, in the the different part of the continent, uh, how can we ensure that the the correlation or or the local context is taken in consideration in that process? So, data is an equal partner, trust is important, and research without data today Will not will not deliver the the the, the, the results that we, that need that we, we need to deliver so therefore at the at world health assembly we have established a science a science division with a research for health and digital health in those in uh, part of the science division in addition to norms and standards to really address and be at the forefront of 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 this important topic both digital health but as well as the research for health
0: there must be examples of Positive cooperation, and the reason I'm asking is because I I, I'm, I work with many different technology companies, and you know in Silicon Valley the despite what we may say, the profit motive is king, and harnessing these companies to relinquish data or protect data in ways that interfere with profit making seems an almost impossible task
1: not really because we are exploring partnership with some of the tech giants uh, to for them to rel- relinquish data for research uh, depersonalized data to ass- to make sure that we can achieve some of the gains that uh, depersonalized data can provide to for research some of the insights uh, it's true that there are some companies that are holding their data too close to their chest because they want to monetize it it's true that that that, that is happening but some of the tech giants they realize that uh, free data can actually one address some of the global challenge but also create even new business avenue think about the geo positioning data satellites were launched and we have a gps geo positioning all over the world it creates new insights it creates new business so the fact that some of these depersonalized data for research is not made available, available to researchers it actually might hinder those companies to actually find new business models. So from our discussion with some of the companies in, at Silicon Valley, I was there a month ago with a number of uh, my, uh, my colleagues, they realized that, uh, yes, we we have to uh, to partner to ensure that uh, uh, data for research is freely available.
0: Changing business models become a very important part of this overall digital health landscape as well.
1: Yes. You cannot bring the physical ecosystem rules and procedures into the digital ecosystem because they don't work. Just to give you an example, we recently classified... Uh gaming disorder as a disease is now part of the International Classification of Diseases, ICD-11. And in that classification, gaming disorder as a disease happens in the digital ecosystem today. Uh, We're not talking about kids that go and play uh, uh, in, the, in the garden with their friends. We're talking about kids that spend hours in the digital ecosystem playing uh, uh, games in that ecosystem. So, to ensure that uh, we deal with that issue, we need to operate in the, in the ecosystem itself and not outside. We shouldn't wait until uh, uh, the gamers um, uh, 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 get to the, to the point of classifying that, that gaming as a gaming disorder to say, look, now go to the hospital to get treated. But we have to start right inside that gaming ecosystem. So the digital ecosystem, and the, and as part of our strategy, we have uh, uh, one of the outcomes uh, that one of the products we want to have is a, is, a, is is a guidance on virtual hospitals, because we want uh, virtual hospital. It's about having hospitals in the digital ecosystem. Today, that uh, might sound like a science fiction, but that's what we that's what the world is moving towards in a, in a way that uh, that uh, that. Uh, that the digital therapeutics or software apps can manage diseases, but also uh, diseases that need to be managed from the digital ecosystem uh, before you even reach the hospital.
0: This coming together of uh, partnerships, ecosystems, data, and new techniques such as machine learning, could we say that's the foundation together with new business models? Is that the foundation? of digital health and digital transformation of the healthcare system, I guess would be the right term?
1: Yes. In addition to that, the academia has to also change. I mean, a a medical doctor uh, uh, curriculum has a very small percentage of technology inside. And yet we are moving to a digital ecosystem where a medical doctor is not just about interaction between the the professional, uh, be it a nurse or a doctor with a patient. It's also the interface with machine learning, with technology, robotics, and and augmented reality, and all that needs to be factored into the ecosystem. So so the literacy is key. You can have the best product, well-tested, but if literacy is not there, the gains of that will not be realized. So So the academia has also a role to to rethink and relook at the, at the curriculum of, uh, of, uh, of medical doctors uh, at the university or nurses, uh, or even how to train midwives to ensure that uh, we really realize the gains and the potential of a digital health transformation.
0: What about the impact of, of all of this? On healthcare providers and them, and healthcare doctors and nurses maintaining their relevance as we're going through this change.
1: If you remember in the eighties, there was the the, the boom of uh, robotics on I think it was the transport car industry, where there was this uh, perception that uh, the computers or automation will 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 uh, make uh, people lose jobs. I think. All, all, over and over, technology has proved that uh, actually it's creating jobs. It's true that the, the professionals have to be have to gain new skills. So, reskilling doctors and, uh, and repurpose some of the training of the doctors is key to make sure that, uh, that uh, we continue to achieve that coverage that we need. We continue to expand access of healthcare. We continue to actually even reduce the cost. And, and perhaps uh, uh, in the future, we will have an artificial intelligence assistant to the doctor, to, uh, or we will have perhaps uh, uh, a triage uh, based on AI in the hospital that will reduce the queuing. But what is important, what we want to see is that a patient that should, be, should go to the secondary or tertiary care does not get stuck into the primary care. Meaning that if it's a patient that needs to see a specialist because he or she has hepatitis C and living in a very remote village, she shouldn't or he shouldn't be stuck in the primary health care to the point where when he or she reaches the specialist, the disease is developed beyond the, 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 the stage that, uh, that can, 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 can the person can be saved. So efficiencies in the hospitals, efficiencies in the healthcare care practitioners, efficiencies of doctor patient interaction has to be looked into as we move towards the digital transformation of healthcare.
0: Don't we also run the risk, as we're attempting to make healthcare more widely available and more effective, with these new digital techniques, aren't we running the risk of increasing the digital divide?
1: We will if we don't bring those uh, low-resourced communities into perspective. and and. And uh, I, I challenge even the concept of low and middle income countries because low resource communities exist everywhere. both in countries that are that are high income, the countries that are middle income, in the countries that are, are low income. So the low resource communities should not be forgotten. It should the the issues that the the challenges that they have on on on. To, with vis-a-vis access, vis-a-vis cost of healthcare, vis-a-vis health insurance, vis-a-vis aging, should not be uh, uh, underestimated. So we need, as we move forward, to ensure that the inclusion is a key element of the digital health transformation. We need to make sure that accessibility is a key element of digital health transformation. So that that's where we we will see gains that will narrow that digital divide, that will see gains, that will see uh, these low-resourced communities getting great benefits with telehealth, telemedicine, telehealth, and others. We need also to see regulations that uh, promote telemedicine, Uh, to ensure that uh, doctors can be remunerated as they practice telemedicine. We need perhaps new certification on on telemedicine to ensure that uh, a doctor sitting in one country can practice telemedicine to a patient in another country. So those are some of the rules that uh, we have in the digital, in the physical ecosystem where as a medical professional, I have to be certified by a national authority in the country where the digital transformation now is challenging that because a medical professional can be sitting in one country and providing uh, a, or diagnose, diagnosing a patient in another country so how what are the rules and the regulations and 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 and, and, and issues we need to look into that to to look, look into to make sure that uh, these achieve this the universal health coverage this supports the access to health uh, if if a country in in Europe is missing um, uh, has deficit on nurses, how can we ensure telemedicine or or remote te- telehealth uh, or, or allows that that gap to be narrowed? so so yes, there are lots of challenges, but also there's a lot of opportunities, and we just need to strike the right balance to make sure that we achieve them.
0: Another component of this equation then is uh, support of these new technologies and new business models and new innovations by government policies that make them possible.
1: The role of governments to ensure that the innovation for health sees, uh, uh, is supported, uh, it's important. The role of governments to ensure that, uh, that uh, well, as, as innovators, uh, and has uh, private sector accelerate that innovation for health. We need to to, to, to ensure that the governments and the public sector do not are not a part of a roadblock or are not part of of of, of uh, hampering that innovation. So so we need to transform within to allow the transformation to happen. So 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 I, at, at the World Health Organization. We we one of our targets and one of the outcomes is really to promote innovation for health and that's what we want to do with a, a number of partners. We we are currently working with 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 within and and also with with bringing some partnerships and we are preparing also our strategy our innovation strategy to make sure that the innovators that have innovation for high impact on healthcare sector they are. They have a pathway to scale up. They have a pathway to 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 to, to really realize those, those potentials. So, so yes, it is important. And I think it's important that we also recognize our own biases be as as we talk about innovation and and and, and to ensure that innovation is not just. In, in Silicon Valley, but it's also in Mozambique and from Mozambique. So it can be in Mozambique, can be in Timbuktu in Mali, can be in Angola, can be anywhere in this world. And we need to make sure that as innovation happens, regardless of the country location of that innovator, there is a pathway to scale up. Especially if it's a good innovation that really has the high impact.
0: We have another couple of questions from Kanupriya Agarwal. She's really on a roll today. And uh, uh, let me ask you these, and then I think it's going to be time to finish up. So number one is she asks about the funding and what is the evolving role of venture financing for digital health innovation for the global good?
1: This touches that area of scaling up. So venture capital, development banks, uh, uh, have a, a key role to scale up or to support innovation scaling up, and especially innovation that has high impact. And at WHO, this is, this is a key element in our strategy to, to, to ensure that innovation for health innovation for impact is scaled up, finds a pathway to scale up. Think about the Ebola crisis in, in, in West Africa, DRC, and other countries. I mean, it's there to 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 achieve uh, or to succeed in managing that uh, 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 the, the or contain control uh, the the disease. We need innovators, and innovation needs to be very fast to bring the vaccine, to bring about the vaccine, to bring about the treatment, to enhance uh, care, uh, uh, and then make sure to ensure that uh, that uh, that uh, that, the, that the patients and the risks of those diseases are mitigated early enough. So. That's a good example of a partnership between private sector, uh, public sector, academia to really bring about uh, innovation that uh, have a, a very good impact on health. So so, so the role of venture capitals, uh, the role of development banks, the role of commercial banks for to scale up, it's key. And the role of WHO within that, pro- that process is to contribute or to, to at least acknowledge those innovations that have high impact that will support the achievement the acceleration or accelerate the achievement of sustainable development goal number three health for all and ensure that that health gains are realized through innovation.
0: Very important question and topic and she has another great question. Kano Agarwal, you should be sitting here in my chair asking these questions. your' your the issues you're raising are fantastic. And she says, uh, Have we studied and drawn any parallels from other industries using digital and make, undergoing digital transformation? And what conclusions or lessons could be applied to healthcare?
1: We have some good examples of uh, other industries. I think the financial sector is perhaps close, closely related to, 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 to health, one, because it's highly regulated. Uh, two, privacy um, uh, and, and and security is key. Uh, and three, they, 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 it impacts um, everyone in that ecosystem that uses that. And you have to, if, if you think, if you roll back 15 years ago, we used to call digital banking, digital financing. Today it's digital, it's bank, sorry. It's no longer digital, the digital world disappeared. So the digital health, that's as we call it today, 10 years from now, I think we'll just call health because it will be part of the new normal. And, and we want to do better than the financial sector. We want to do better than any other sector because it impacts health. At the end of the line, there's somebody's life and somebody's health at stake. And that's the, the life or the health or well-being of that person is more important than anything. And therefore, it is key that we do it right. We do it better than the financial sector. We do it better than the social media. We do it better than any other sector because we can't play, negotiate health. Health is a, is a human right, and we want to make sure that products, systems, and solutions in digital technology delivers better health outcomes and not bad ones and does not do harm. And we want to make sure that quality of health is enhanced, increased, and the coverage is increased as we go through that digital transformation.
0: We have another question from Twitter again from Arsalan Khan. You guys are asking great questions. Thank you for that. He is asking: Are there any examples of countries that have adopted digital health on a on a very lar- large, wide scale, and what has the result been?
1: With the risk of being so diplomatic, uh, normally in the UN, we try to not to mention one country because the other country will think that they have a better system. Let's say that, let me perhaps start by saying that the, the digital health maturity level needs to be assessed by in different countries because the prioritization of digital health investment should be aligned to the maturity level of the country on digital health because some countries are way advanced. Uh, that need perhaps uh, have the challenges is different than the countries that are still uh, quite uh, behind vis-a-vis electronic health records, perhaps, and, and 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 so on and so forth. But one country that comes to, to 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 we always use as an example is Estonia. So if you look at Estonia digital, how the whole country moved to e-government and the whole system into the digital ecosystem, including health. I think it's an interesting country to look into. But we have also countries that are quite advanced in Europe, uh, in, in Australia, and other countries that are that, that are that are moving quite 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 strongly towards that that. And but the one problem that every country has now, that with no exception, is interoperability of healthcare, health 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 information systems. The interoperability is an issue that, no matter which maturity level the country is on digital health, that issue is. A key issue that, at the World Health Organization, we want to to to, to support because it's a global issue, and, and in, in in this globalized world, without interoperability, we will not really achieve all the gains that the technology or digital technology could support. So, therefore, yes, while at national level and subnational level, we have a number of a very good example, but uh, in many developed countries, we still have. The issue of interoperability.
0: Kanupriya Agarwal makes the comment that because uh, I, I said that I invited her, she should be the the interviewer today, and she says actually she's an elected member of the WHO digital health roster of experts.
1: Yes, that's very good. And then the roster of expert, and also the, tech, the technical advisory group. Are, uh, are, are a group of experts that we we are leaning into as we navigate this journey of digital transformation to ensure that the, the expertise that is out there uh, is, is used for a global good. So, 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 that, so thank you for, for having expressed interest to the digital health roster, but also the technical advisory group.
0: Bernardo, as we've been speaking, we've covered a great many set of issues. What advice do you have for policymakers to navigate this very difficult set of challenges and conflicting set of goals among the various partners and players?
1: I think that policymakers have. I mean, I'm talking to the Minister of Health of Mozambique, who's who's a good childhood friend, and One of the challenges, and and a number of them came to to us and in a number of meetings that we had, especially in the last World Health Assembly, is really the prioritization of the investment and sustainability of that investment. So I mentioned to you that the the digital health maturity, uh, I don't want to call it index, but the maturity level is important that the countries understand what is their maturity level to then... And then, and we can support on, on, on that front to then create a, a, a roadmap to on 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 investment priorities because investment priorities will define uh, how well and how solid is that investment and how sustainable is that investment because if a country does not have electronic health record and it goes and and implements a system for for delivery or for 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 um, uh, or, or or even on, on artificial intelligence so that. That country, that in that investment might actually not yield the benefits that the country will, will is trying to achieve. So, so depending on the maturity level, we want to. I mean, the advice for policymakers is: look at your maturity level, look at your investment priorities, and 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 address the areas or diseases that are prov- uh, the are pro- uh, more prevalent in your country where. Digital health can support. So if it's by diabetes, how can digital health support a reduction or my better management of the of the diabetes case? There are one, there's one billion people who have suffered with and can control the hypertension. So if hypertension is 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 a issue, how can countries and how can uh, that particular country look at the digital health technologies to address that particular disease? So so then you start. We also start creating evidence of maturity level versus investment priorities and, 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 and impact on the specific diseases of that country that, uh, that uh, to, to really have that large impact. But, but also we have countries that even have access issues. Uh, so so, so that, that's the, and in, 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 in most countries, primary health care is key. So, so having digital health to support primary health care it's, a, it's another advice that uh, I would say countries need to really make sure that they are part of their strategy. So with the global digital health strategy that is going to be approved by our member states in May, we want to make sure that we support countries in that particular uh, journey. But we want to work, uh, uh, and we will work with uh, in a number of partners that have either support these countries or fund these countries to ensure that uh, the investment uh, priority is aligned the maturity level and delivers the the positive outcome to ensure that uh, there's a sustainable model, but also there's a there's a very high impact on health on the health of the population of that country.
0: What advice do you have to healthcare providers and hospitals and hospital hospital administrators on managing their own transformation so that they can keep up
1: for hospitals and healthcare providers. Uh, that i mean the status quo is no longer uh, a possibility meaning that um, digitalization or digital transformation of uh, of uh, healthcare providers uh, it should be part of a, of a, of a strategy of any hospital and i see at least in some of the i mean kind of hospitals in the development world in the development world that is already taking place um, but what it what is even more important is literacy, as I mentioned before. We wanted midwives, nurses, doctors to, to, ha- to really maximize the potential of the digital health. Uh, and, and, and therefore, investment on literacy uh, in, 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 from hospitals, providers, or hospital and, 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 and healthcare provider is important. And that the other element that I want to make sure that... the that the, the healthcare providers the, uh, are, are aware of is, is who is going to buy who? Are the tech giants buying the healthcare or the healthcare will continue to use technology as they've been using before? So that has to be very, very close to the mindset of uh, healthcare providers. If they don't pay attention, actually the tech giants will buy healthcare providers. I think we want to ensure that the, uh, the deliverable, the delivery of care and the quality of that delivery does not go down. No matter where that hospital is, be it in a developing world, in a developed world, the quality has to increase as we digitalize health, as we go health in the digital ecosystem. At WHO also, we have a a drive to digitalize WHO content, products and services the that that is an internal drive to ensure that the guidelines uh, products of WHO, they are available in a digital ecosystem so hospitals needs to to ensure that uh, to look at the issues such as virtual hospitals so issues such as a virtual assistant to, to, to medical doctors so issues as triage uh, uh, that uh, that happens that that increase efficiency of of queues of, of at a hospital so it is important that the hospitals embrace uh, the, the, the journey and, and then do it ensuring that the quality of health care, the real deliverable, is not penalized.
0: Okay, what a very fast and important set of topics we've been discussing. We've been speaking with Bernardo Mariano. He is the Chief Information Officer and responsible for the Digital Health Initiative at the World Health Organization. Bernardo, thank you again for taking your time to be with us today.
1: My pleasure, thank you for having me here today.
0: Everybody, thank you for watching. Before you go, please subscribe on YouTube and hit the subscribe button at the top of our website And we will send you great information about upcoming shows. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great day. And we'll see you again. Take care. Bye now.